Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I talk to Molly. Molly is a digital creator and sustainable fashion activist. Blogging since 2016, she creates and shares insights and advice about ethical and sustainable clothing, sustainable travel, organic self-care and wellness, and conscious living. Recently co-founding the not-for-profit charity, WA Ethical Collective, Molly is also working to bring together and help provide resources to her local community who are passionate about ethical and eco-clothing, textiles, and manufacturing. Here we go! This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? By now, you all know that therapy is an important part of my own self-care. It has truly been a game changer in every aspect of my life, including achieving goals. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy platform worldwide. They are changing the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to a licensed therapist. BetterHelp makes professional therapy available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone you can start communicating within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. And I have a special offer for Consciously Clueless listeners. Visit betterhelp.com slash Carly and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. By using this code, you get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash C-A-R-L-Y. Take care of yourself today. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me morning for me, evening for you from Australia. Yeah, pleasure to be here. (laughs) So where in Australia are you? So I'm in Western Australia, quite a big state, um, literally like the west half of Australia. I'm in Perth on the coast. Yeah. That's on my list of places to go someday. Yeah, it is. It is a beautiful part of Australia and often forgotten about because I find that a lot of people travel to the east coast just because everything's close together and easier to get to. But then they miss out on all the good stuff that's over here as well. Oh, that's a hot tip. (laughs) yeah so yeah definitely it is quite like a flight as well um but if you're coming to Australia definitely consider coming to the west coast I will put that on the list for sure yeah (laughs) I do love it here I love yeah I'm very passionate about western Australia but I'm sure we'll get into that (laughs) um so the podcast is called Consciously Clueless and for me that just meant you know kind of like exploring this journey of feeling like you know nothing and then feeling like you've you know got some of it and everything in between so I like to start with guests asking like where do you feel right now from the spectrum of clueless to consciousness, right in this moment, how are you feeling? Oh, that is such an interesting question. Um, it's tricky. I I think that it's it depends with context for me. So there, I feel like consciousness and being conscious is a practice, and I feel mm-hmm. like I'm always trying to practice that sort of like meditation or yoga or anything else really I feel like it's um yeah it's constant for me constant learning but at 
the same time, I feel that to a certain extent, we're all sort of clueless. Uh, we don't know everything. <laughs> we won't ever really know everything. So, yeah, both at the same time, I guess. <laughs> I love that. I relate. I love that. It's kind of everything. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely depending on the situation. And, yeah, as I said, I think in any situation, we're all, there's always going to be something that we don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's a good way to see it, right? Because as soon as you think you know it all, you're in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. there's no room for growth or for learning. Um, Yeah, and I feel like that can be a dangerous zone because then you... um, there's less room for creativity and joy Mm -hmm. and those. that's what makes it special, that space for growth, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. We're like three minutes in and I'm like, yes, yes. It must be because it's so dark here. I'm just winding down for the day. So I'm like, yeah. I'm just like getting going and I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yes, Molly. Um, So you are, the blog that you run is so fun. The ethical and eco living. It's got so much good information. And I was just like digging through your website this morning again. Tell me about like, tell me about that. Where'd that come from? Where, where did you start on this kind of like eco life journey? Yeah, so I haven't been very active on my blog this year at all. There's been a lot going on, but it's still, yeah, in the background. Um, But my blog started uh, in technically 2016. My first post was on the 14th of December in 2016. So coming up on five years now. So I will have to do something to celebrate because that's very exciting. Um, But it started, um, so I did communications and media studies at university, sort of like journalism. Um, And during my degree, obviously all my tutors and lecturers always told us to get creative, start blogs, just do stuff. So I never did that at uni. I was just, I had no idea where to start. But during my degree, we were creating a portfolio of news articles and I came across something to do with Fashion Revolution, you know, the organisation that talks about um, transparency in fashion and tries to advocate for more brands to be transparent. I came across something about that and I decided to write just like a sample article on ethical fashion. And this was like, this was way back before ethical. Well, it was at the beginning of when ethical fashion was starting to become a thing because obviously like I heard about it through the media, but it wasn't as well known now. Yeah, Yeah. fashion wasn't being talked about in the same way just a few years ago. Yeah, exactly. It's changed so much over the years. So I'll have to dig up that article, but I wrote something on it. And then once I, that was in my last semester at uni, I think. Um, And then once I finished university, I was like, um, I just want to explore this topic more now that I've got more time. So I started to dive into the concepts around sustainable fashion, ethical fashion, and just started to share about it and write about it on my blog Um, part of my blog when it started was also a lot to do with travel I was really passionate about traveling when I was younger as well still am but you know there's restrictions now (laughs) Um, yeah so those two things combined um, really led me into sustainable travel and eco travel so there's a lot of topics that I cover on my blog um, all centered around sustainability but those two were definitely the core of it when I started Um, And I've just stayed there ever since, really. It was something that you hadn't been introduced to before you stumbled upon it. Like you didn't have people in your life that were like, look at this, listen to this. You just literally stumbled upon it and it kind of domino effect from there. 
Yeah, I'd love to look back in time and to see where exactly I stumbled upon it. I have no idea. I cannot remember. It must have been online because I spent so much time when I was younger um, on social media and that has (laughs) stayed with me as well. So, yeah, it must have been online. And, yeah, it's nice that I can now contribute to that community um, that I was inspired by. Yeah, that was Mm -hmm. really special. So, yeah, I think that if I was to think of a particular moment in history where I decided that to dive more into sustainability, I think that would be it. But I've always been passionate about fashion and uh, just the environment in general. But that, yeah, that was really the domino. So you started this blog and did that kind of domino effect into other things I talk about this a lot on the blog and you know of course I like creeped on your Instagram again Mm -hmm. and was looking through all of your posts and you know for me it was becoming vegan and then it was like oh animals oh the environment oh fashion like it was just like boom 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 and I feel like everyone has that entrance do you think that um eco travel and kind of Um, ethical fashion was your kind of entrance into other things as well? Oh yeah I think very similar to you but in a different order for me so fashion uh, travel and fashion at the same time then in 2018 I became a vegan so yeah that opened up the world to me as well Um, yeah wellness in general um, I started Mm -hmm. to think more about like the products that I'm using um, on my body and how good they are for me how good they are for the planet uh, what else do I talk about? Even just like uh, conscious living in general um, opened up the world of sort of like spirituality to me. Um, and then it also connected me with a lot of people um, who were thinking about the same things and who had this sort of same, uh, were on the same journey as me. So yeah, opened me up to a world of things. So did it was it clear to you in the beginning when you kind of started learning about these things that you were like, oh, this is what I want to do with my life? Like, this is like what I want to do? Or are you like, this is a fun hobby to learn about? Yeah, I couldn't imagine even back then doing anything else. Um, it was a time when all of my peers were um, going into uh, journalism or going into marketing jobs. Um, and I was like, no, this feels pretty good. Uh, I want to stay here. I want to educate. Um, at the same time, you probably saw on my website, my social media as well. Um, I'm a marketer too, so I use my degree for that as well. Um, but yeah, I have my own business. I decided just to, to you know what, um, if I can do my blog by myself online, I can do marketing as well. I can do whatever I want to do. So it opened me up to business and being an entrepreneur and sort of believing in myself a bit more as well. So I'm really thankful for the beginning of my blog days for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think there's this unique position for people of our generation that got to kind of experience what social media can do, specifically like before Instagram was like a thing or TikTok was a thing or whatever, but we could just like start blogs. Like I just like started a blog or two in college just because I could, but I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it was, it's cool that we had that um, resource and that kind of thing that showed us like, oh yeah, we can kind of create stuff. 
Yeah. And just for the fun of it as well. Like when I started, nobody would read my blog. Um, And I just did it for the fun of it, even though there weren't any followers or any readers, it was just pure creative expression. Um, And that is something that I feel like um, is missed sometimes now when there's a lot of competition online, but um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to do something just for the fun of it. Yeah, that's a really good reminder. When I started blogging, it was like my parents and my college boyfriend were reading it. And that was like pretty much the extent of it. But I didn't care. I didn't care at all. I just loved writing and sharing things. That's such a good reminder because I think that there there can be a little bit of that missed because now I'm like content and who am I reaching and am I reaching the right people and blah, 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 blah. You know, your marketing. (laughs) oh yeah I get I definitely get drawn into it as well um comparisonitis and uh feeling like there has to be constant growth um but yeah I'm more for now growth in the good ways growth in my learning growth in uh yeah the way I create (laughs) instead of yeah what's pushed on us as creators as I'm sure you know (laughs) yes absolutely so when you started getting into environmentalism and kind of learning about all this stuff were there people in your life that were on board or were you did you kind of feel like a little isolated at first because I know that if you're not surrounded by people who are interested in these things sometimes it can feel like you're a little like am I crazy like why am I why do why is no one listening (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to water it down. It was um, it was pretty tough to begin with, especially uh, I, Perth has come a long way where I live right now. But <laughs> uh, traveling sort of like regional Western Australia is um, yeah really hard to uh, particularly because there's like a lot of farmers and stuff. You just have to be a bit more sensitive um, to the context and to the environment that you're in. So mm-hmm. I've learned a lot of compassion. I've learned a lot of empathy. Um, yeah, I think there was a lot of assumptions about being an environmentalist, um, particularly the area that I live in in Perth. Um, I'm close to an area called Fremantle. That's where, like, all the hippies live. So um, <laughs> it's there was definitely uh, stereotypes that I felt like I had to break um, or mm. because I didn't want to be lumped in with, like, um, people making assumptions about what I believe in or, or what I do. So, yeah, it was hard to navigate, particularly when I was a lot younger um but I feel like people are starting to realize that there's a lot more than one way to be an environmentalist um and you don't have to be a vegan to be an environmentalist you don't have to cut out all your plastic like it can be very individual and very personal so I'm I'm glad that we've come a long way um and yeah it was difficult to begin with um but I feel like I've uh some people have understood more in my life and I've also come across a lot of people who get it and are not um, and are just as passionate about the environment and everything that I am. So yeah, it's, um, it's a lot better now than it was in the beginning. <laughs> well, you experience that just with environmentalism. I'm imagining that you probably also experienced that with um, going vegan and <laughs> some people kind of thinking of what that means or whatever I'm I'm assuming am I wrong no you're not wrong (laughs) yeah you're not wrong at all um but it's just about navigating those questions and just being um kind and open and honest and not too defensive (laughs) but yeah I feel like it's really helped me grow as a person so it's been nice that way for sure you seem 
very, I mean, of course, we've been talking for 15 minutes now, so I, I, I know everything about you, <laughs> uh, but you seem pretty level-headed and kind. Did you go through kind of like an angry vegan, and for people who aren't watching and are just listening, I'm using heavy air quotes, um, <laughs> angry vegan phase, because I have always am first to admit that I did. Like when I first did, I felt like, oh my gosh, I have all this information I've been lied to. I can't believe I didn't know some of these things. And when I shared it with people, I just like at first didn't understand why they weren't instantly on board with me. And it it was really hard for me to like figure out. Did you have that experience? I'm sure I did and probably didn't realize (laughs) it at the time. (laughs) Um, I know that I definitely did privately. And um, when I've had conversations with my partner being really frustrated, um, that has probably trickled into my content at some point because it always Mm. does. Um, But I've tried to, because I understand that making people feel bad and excluded about them, yeah, just bad about themselves in general and about their choices isn't always helpful. Um, And I've had a lot of people in my life um, who have helped me realise that as well. Uh, So, yeah, I... I would say I have, but I've always tried not to. (laughs) I've been through an angry environmentalist phase, uh, particularly around all the climate strikes and everything last year. Um, But that, yeah, I I find that I don't deal with that too well. I get too angry, too frustrated, and it's not helpful to, to anybody. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I always bring up, I mean, listeners at this point are rolling their eyes because I'm bringing this up again, but I always bring up the fact that what clicked for me was I've had a best friend since we were eight years old and she went vegan when we were like 12. She was so ahead of the curve. And, mm-hmm. and, and I live in a like very small Northern U.S. town. So it's like hunting, fishing, like it just was like a very different thing for mm-hmm. her to do. And I grew up hunting and fishing and we were best friends, you know, like the whole time. And she would show me stuff, but she was never mean or would never judge. And it hit me when I went vegan a few years ago, like if she can be my best friend for 20 years (laughs) and not judge and stand by me and let me have my own journey, I can certainly do that for others. Like I just realized like, wow, she had a lot of patience. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is so true um yeah I feel like that's a really nice way to go about it and when you come to that realization as well that there's been someone in your life um who went through the same thing as you but a little bit earlier and they just waited for you to find that area on your own um yeah it's nice to reflect that way that's really nice what your friend did (laughs) yeah she's she's honestly so great and I once I kind of realized that and I backed off a little bit it was like then my parents started coming to me and asking questions and like, then people were a little more interested versus me being like, listen to the, the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not how anybody wants to learn. <laughs> no. Yeah. That can be a bit scary. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I see that now. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you had some frustration with like the climate striking and stuff. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think I I got to the point last year where I was just angry, particularly in Australia at the moment, not much is being done. We don't really have targets, climate targets. Mm-hmm. So um, 
around the time where there was a lot of those climate school strike for climate um, marches happening all around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that really like fueled my fire and <laughs> I got so frustrated. So I went, I went to a couple of marches and yeah, I felt like everyone else's frustration, I sort of made my own, but it was mm. good in a way because it made me want to look into climate more, learn more, um, and also speak up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's calmed down a little bit <laughs> now. Yeah, I'm yeah, still frustrated, but I'm not letting it run. Sorry. So it was just, it definitely ebbs and flows. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still frustrated, but I'm not letting it sort of run my life anymore. <laughs> That's probably a really good strategy. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there a thing or like a documentary or an article or whatever it was that kind of like finally tipped you into being vegan or what was that process like well um so I I feel a story coming (laughs) (laughs) I think it might have been in 2017 as well um I wrote a bucket list um and I still haven't haven't ticked much off um and I actually wrote in there be vegan for a year and I think I wrote this just because Um, I'm just a curious person and I want to sort of like live life to the fullest. Um, So I was like, okay, that seems like something that I could try and just see how it goes Um, because I was just, I just wanted to know what it would be like and what, how my body would respond. So it was, um, have you heard of the organization Veganuary where they encourage people to go vegan in January? That's what I did in 2018. I'm not sure if I said 2017 before, but it was January 2018 that I went vegan. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I started that in the January. I did it for a full year to January 2019. And then I was just like, you know what? This feels good. I'm going to keep going. So, yeah, I just haven't stopped since. That's amazing. I imagine if you kind of like challenged yourself to a year after getting to a year, it would be I would be more surprised if someone was like, all right, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it became sort of like a habit and also I felt better. Um, and during that time as well, um, it was a time where because I was getting the emails from Veganuary and also because I was learning more about the environment, I started to learn more about the other benefits of veganism rather mm-hmm. than just my health, but the benefits to animals in general. I've always been compassionate. I was vegetarian in high school um, and then I sort of just, just stopped during university, college and then became a vegan after so I've always been it's always been an interest um but yeah I started to learn more about the benefits of the environment um the shocking statistics with animals um and then I could also see the benefits happening with my health so I was like why why would I change this right why would I go back yeah yeah absolutely um and I, I can't imagine going back now yeah This podcast is sponsored by TerraSeed. TerraSeed is on a mission to disrupt the vitamin industry, empower vegans, and reduce plastic waste in the world. They put everything plant-based people struggle to get in an all-inclusive, vegan, compostable package multivitamin that replenishes them and our planet every single day. Seriously, y'all, win, win, win. Even if you're not vegan, this vitamin will help you get those key nutrients that you need. I am so excited to share a discount code for your first purchase. 
Use code CARLY50 at checkout to get 50% off. Again, that's C-A-R-L-Y-5-0 for 50% off your first purchase at TerraSeed.com. Don't forget this code so they know I sent you. This podcast is supported by She Thinks. Thinks are washable, reusable period underwear. They look and feel just like normal underwear, but better. Every pair of Thinks is made with their signature innovative technology for the ultimate period protection. Their breathable products are safely made with cotton, nylon, and elastin for a little stretch. I am seriously obsessed with my Thinks underwear. They have changed my periods. Try them yourself or get someone the best gift ever with a sweet little discount code. Go to shethinks.com slash Carly for $10 off your order today. Again, that's shethinks.com forward slash C-A-R-L-Y for $10 off your order. Try Thinks today. You mentioned having a partner. I don't know if that's current or past, but was that um, has that ever been an issue? Like having passion for things like this or being vegan, was that ever like a... Um, a contention point. I know that sometimes in relationships, it can be hard. It can be tricky. Yeah. I'm still with Glenn. Um, he, (laughs) he is, he's an ecologist by trade. So we have that shared passion for the environment. He actually, he literally came back from field work today. So he's asleep on the couch right now. Um, (laughs) yeah, but, um, he's not a vegan and that's fine. I fully respect that. Uh, he, is on his own journey um, and he eats sort of like mostly um, mostly vegetarian. I think he's more like a flexitarian, sort of like doesn't put really a label on it. I respect that and he respects like the way I eat and we just like work around it. We usually at home we have vegan meals and then when he's at work or out, he'll just eat the way he eats. So, yeah, I'm very lucky to have a compassionate partner um, and yeah. somebody who sort of understands where I'm coming from. And yeah, we teach each other a lot. I learned a lot from him about the environment, particularly our local environment. So yeah, hugely beneficial. <laughs> um, speaking of local environment, to circle back, you said in the beginning that you are very pas- passionate about Western Australia and like the area. Um, tell me more about that. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I was born in a mining town in the middle of Western Australia um, and then I moved to Perth when I was 12 years old. So I've always lived here. Um, and, yeah, I spent a lot of my childhood exploring sort of the south and west of Western Australia and a little bit up north as well. So, yeah, I'm very passionate about the environment. But um, in 2019 with one of my marketing clients, actually, who's based in Western Australia, we are... Uh, we were both expressing to each other how passionate we are about ethical fashion and how we just wish there was more of a community here in WA, which there is. We just, at that time, didn't really have a place where we could meet and talk about it. So we decided to set up a community just for Western Australian people interested in ethical fashion. Um, And so, yeah, that's what has been really nice. I feel like we've created a little bit of a community here in WA as well. Uh, That's called WA Ethical Collective. Um, yeah, so I feel like, I don't know, there's um, there's a lot happening here at the moment and it's been really nice during uh, particularly the past couple of years. We haven't really been affected too much by what's been going on in the world. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I feel like it's been a very special place to be. 
Um, I'm sure things will change um, over the next few months. But, yeah, um, we've been very lucky. Like a lot of people have been lucky to be able to travel around WA for the past couple of years and um, explore more of our own backyard. So, yeah, um, I have a lot of respect for the land that um, I'm on. Yeah, that's really nice. And I know that Australia had a significantly better response to (laughs) to (laughs) global pandemic than the country I sit in. So uh, that makes sense that um, you were all still able to kind of travel and and see the area. And that sounds really, really beautiful. Yeah, it's been a little bit different over in the eastern states, but Melbourne's just come out of lockdown now, I think, today. So, yeah, Yeah. we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Back and forth. Yeah. So when you are um, kind of diving into these things and sharing and learning more, do you ever struggle with the idea of kind of having to be like the perfect environmentalist? Yeah, I have in the past, but I feel like I've got enough inspiring people who I follow in my life now and around me as well um, who understand that you know we don't have to be perfect and um, there's a lot of different ways to be an environmentalist so I think that has really helped me feel like I don't have to do everything perfectly there was a point in about 2019 where I was trying to be a vegan and also cut out all my plastic and also shop ethically with my fashion. And I was, <laughs> yeah, I was overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed. I think I probably burned out. Um, I was also having health issues at the time. I, I had a parasite. So um, it was really hard, um, particularly when you're going through health stuff too, to focus on all those other things in your life. And then when you're struggling to function as a human, um (laughs) even mental health stuff yeah so I recently I've been like you know what I don't have to try as hard I'm still keeping it in my mind I'm still doing what I can with what I have but I don't need to be perfect and I think a lot of the power at the moment also comes from just helping to raise awareness and educate other people in a really sort of nice way. Um, so that's what I've been putting most of my energy to into while also doing what I can, but without burning myself out because that's not helpful at all. <laughs> yeah, if I'm stuck in bed, I can't do anything. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I relate to that on such a deep level. I also kind of like am someone who loves to learn and is curious and wants to try new things. And I feel like I learned about all these things that I felt like I had no idea about. And I jumped full into being vegan and being completely plastic free and shopping ethically and like low waste. And I wanted to do it all in a day. (laughs) Like I wanted to fix it all in my life and be better in a day. And it was really overwhelming, really stressful. I think it was really stressful for the people in my life and my own mental health because you drive yourself nuts. I mean, you, you can't reach that level that you're reaching for. And it also, I think what made me chill out quite frankly, was just realizing that like, I'm not, I don't want to promote that to other people either. Like it doesn't, if if someone was asking me, how do I learn about this stuff? I'd be like, take your time. One thing here, one thing there. But for myself, I was like, perfect, all or nothing. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that I was holding myself to a standard, I would suggest to nobody else. I was like, oh, this isn't good. (laughs) Yeah. Practice what you preach, right? (laughs) 
Absolutely. I actually talked to, I've had Claire Mann, the vegan psychologist. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't heard of Claire, but yeah, I'll look her up now. Yeah. She's in Australia. <laughs> oh, wow. <okay. laughs> yeah, she's I'll look her up. <laughs> um, she's, I stumbled upon her because I've had her on the podcast twice now and they're both really good conversations too. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want to check them out, but she, I was in such a low place. I Googled like vegan mental health. Cause I was like, oh, I'm wow. so overwhelmed by trying to make the world a better place. And her name popped up and I did like a free consultation with her and just talked about stuff and then ended up like connecting with her later and having her on the podcast. But she literally talks about this, like feeling she wrote a book. I have it somewhere, but it's called Vistopia. It's this term she coined about like this um, feeling of that vegans can have trying to make the world better, but like feeling like it's like a lost cause almost. And like, what do you do? And how do you handle that? And um, it was really helpful for me to just like reevaluate. Yeah, that is a great idea. And I'm sure there are lots of people who can relate. Uh, Yeah. Brilliant idea. Yeah. 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 It was, it was really good. She's um, like a wealth of knowledge. She's just, she's just knows so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She'll be worth checking out. Um, One thing that really helped me as well was, and it's something that I didn't know when I first started my journey, was that like it's all up to us on an individual level as well, Um, realising that a lot of the problems are being caused by corporations and powers bigger than us. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that eased eased the pressure on my shoulders a little bit. Yes, I... 110% relate. At one point, I remember being like out at a restaurant when I was just starting to kind of dive into this stuff. And I forgot to tell them not to put a straw in my drink. Mm -hmm. And I was devastated. I mean, I was like, I've ruined the planet. Like it is my (laughs) fault. This straw is the end. Like I was, that's how like wrapped up in that idea of perfection I was, but learning about where it comes from and the corporations and versus like individual impact and all of that was so helpful for me. You're so right. Yeah. Also learning from, I'm not sure if you have any organizations in your area that are working to like tackle plastic within cafes, but there's um, an organization here in WA called WA Plastic Free and they actually go into the cafes and try to help them reduce the amount of plastic that they have. They're sort of working at it from like the root of the problem. Um, So learning from them and also like teaming up with them on a blog post and stuff, that was really helpful to me because I can see that it's not only me trying to work on this, there's other people, there's organizations that are trying to help with this. So I don't feel like I have to put in everything that I have now because I know that there's a group of people that are helping and I don't feel like the world's on my shoulders. Yeah, that's a really good point too. I would love to kind of organize something like that for the area that's like on my, it's on my to-do list. (laughs) Yeah, community really helps. Um, There's even communities here who like in the morning they, it's called my friend, uh, she started a community called Cold Water Club and they just go to the beach on the weekend early in the morning, do like cold water dips. Even that sense of community really helps because it's sort of like-minded people. Um, 
just someone to talk to, someone to experience live with. So, yeah, especially during a pretty lonely time, I feel like if you can find people who are as passionate about the environment as you are or even closer to it, um, then, yeah, it really helps. Yeah, absolutely. So you said you started um, a group that was interested in ethical fashion in your area. So like, what does that group do? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So WA Ethical Collective. Um, So we started by hosting free meetups uh, for our community. So there are a couple of ethical and sustainable fashion designers and makers um, and brands here in Western Australia, um, which I had worked with in the past just on like a collab level. But Mm-hmm. So we invited them to be part of our community and to like come and just chat with us about ethical fashion because it's really nice to ask questions from a consumer level and hear from designers from the producer level and just bridge that gap. Um, and then we also had a lot of friends, some students uh, come and join our free meetups. Obviously, when COVID happened in Western Australia, we took some time to work on the back end of things and we decided to focus more on building the foundation over the past couple of years. So we're just getting back into doing the meetups and conversations now. But over the last couple of years, we've also done workshops about ethical fashion, uh, sort of like a 101 how to get started workshop. We've done workshops on mending. We've hosted a couple of clothing swaps. So, yeah, there's a lot that you can actually explore within the world of ethical fashion, which I didn't realise before we started doing workshops. But, yeah, there's a lot to learn and a lot to teach. So it's really nice to connect with people in the immediate community as well who are interested in learning and helping to sort of spread the message word of mouth. So yeah, that's, that's most of our aim, but we're hoping to do more stuff online as well. So is that something you see, like it's a collective, but is that something you see turning into like an organization or like something you could imagining, like I'm in Minnesota in the United States and I'm imagining being like, okay, Molly, I want to use the model that you've created and create something that I can do for my area. Like, do you like, would you assist people with that? Or like, what does that look like? I love that you asked that because that is something that we've been keeping in mind since like the beginning of when we started, we've been wanting to create like a framework that people can use no matter where they are in the world, particularly because I really love travel as well. And I don't see myself in this Um, Yeah, so absolutely. We would love to do that eventually. Um, Obviously, we're still sort of in the beginning stages at the moment, but I think eventually I would love to be able to assist people to set up these little groups all over the world. Uh, That would be a dream. Yeah, I love that too. Like that's something I've thought about for a while. Like, is there a way I could do consulting to help other areas like get into these things or um, start something like that? I think that's so cool. And the name Ethical Collective to me could be even broader than fast fashion. Mm -hmm. Like an ethical collective could talk about kind of really like anything related to the environment. Yeah. And beyond. (laughs) Yeah. There's just a lot of um, potential there. So when you start doing like workshops and stuff, do you start um, like charging people or take donations? Like how do you kind of like keep it running? Yeah, so we've we've only just um, it, it's quite a long process in Australia to register as like a not 
uh, sorry, a charity, not for profits, fine, but charity um, is has been quite a long process. So we've just so done charity a- different than nonprofit in Australia. Yeah, like- yeah. So you can be a nonprofit, but um, you have to register through an organisation called the ACNC, Australian Charity Something something (laughs) so you have to register through there which is like a australia-wide um company who manage all the charities so yeah you can just be a business and be a non-profit you don't really have to register in australia but then to accept donations and to because um they're tax deductible as well there's all these other things that go into it if you're a charity so yeah that's separate so um what was your question (laughs) Um, I was just, I was just thinking I'm probably getting into like logistics because my head is spinning with ideas of like how, how to do something like this. But I was, um, wondering if, you know, you start like charging people for workshops or, you know, kind of, how do you keep it sustainable for you all? Yeah. So we love doing the meetups for free just because they feel like more of like a community thing. Um, but then the workshops are charged. Um, people pay for those, uh, particularly when we have people that come in to run them who are uh who are facilitators and who typically charge for this sort of stuff. We want to be able to pay people. Um we're also looking into we're doing our website right now that's sort of how beginning stages we are even though we've been sort of established for a couple of years (laughs) snail pace at the moment but yeah slow and steady um yeah so we're setting up a membership portal so hopefully we'll be able to charge for um brands to be listed on our directory um Mm. to yeah so they can get some coverage as well and obviously all that will be a donation to the organization um, as well as hopefully offering some digital uh, downloadables and stuff like that, uh, like guides, potentially books in the future. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're we're thinking of ways that we can um, get funding, obviously through grants and stuff as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot that we can do and, yeah, fundraisers, stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> you are like speaking my language because this is like something that's been maybe this is my sign from the universe (laughs) but this has been something on my mind for quite a while like how do I start a collective and start like teaching about these things and having people just like meet up that are like-minded so you are like I'm taking this as a sign (laughs) and I think that uh I can learn a lot from you I hope we could like continue to connect and and collaborate in in ways in the future too I might have to talk with my co-founder Charlotte about setting up the uh, the framework a bit sooner than we thought. <laughs> yeah, and if you want like a pilot program or something oh, yeah. to try and need a space, like I would love to do that for you. That would be amazing. That would be so fun. Oh, I'm so excited! I just got like goosebumps. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's how <laughs> you on the podcast. They're like, okay, you're just planning your future jobs. <laughs> like, get back to the content. Um, I really love that though, and I think it's what it shows to me and is a good reminder and like back to kind of like, how do you stay, how do you stay hopeful? And, and how do you like stay not um, worried about perfectionism is like what you said in the beginning is community. Yeah. Like the power of the, of getting with like-minded people, like cold water dips, you know, that's not my jam. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not doing that meetup, but some people want to, and that's amazing to have that, especially right now where things feel out of control and isolating 
mm, yeah, it helps ground you, helps you feel like you're a part of something and that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you, especially for people, like if I would have had this conversation with someone, the conversation you and I are having now three years ago, when I was like first starting to kind of dive into things, this would have been so much more grounding than the stories I was telling myself about how I needed to do this perfectly. And um, specifically finding like-minded people on social media, like people that are honest about it. Because when I first started talking about it, and this is no like shade to these people that can live this life, that's, that's amazing. But I was following people who did it perfectly, mm. quote unquote, right? Like yeah. perfect, as perfect as it gets. And um, there, there was no, I was, I seemed to have found people that like really didn't give space for error mm. um, and didn't recognize like what a privilege it is to be able to have these conversations or like to be able to be plastic free, like you can't be plastic free if you're living in poverty, you know, like just like weren't having the intersectionality conversations either. And so I think if you're going to be learning from online, specifically online spaces, like you have to vet them, you have Mm -hmm. to like make sure they're helpful and they're not making you feel worse. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I'm still amazed by people who live zero waste lifestyles because it's impossible for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if I gave up other things, mm-hmm. it would be easier. Um, but yeah, if someone's listening to this who is completely zero waste, like I bow, to, I bow down to you, that is incredible. And so much respect because it is so difficult mm-hmm. where I am. And also in this particular time, um, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll forever be working on it. And like I said, it's a constant practice, a constant journey. So yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Hard. I mean, learning about this in general, like helped me to reduce my waste by so much. And I yeah. think that's like the thing to focus on. Like, am I zero waste? No, but you know, the trash I produce now compared to four years ago is pretty astronomically different. Yeah. But I, in the beginning, I remember being like, well, can't buy cereal anymore. That comes in a plastic bag in that little box. Like I, for a while was just like, overboard like really really worried that every individual action if I didn't choose the right one I was pretty much like killing the earth single-handedly and that's a lot of pressure yeah yeah it's really nice that we can have these conversations now as environmentalists (laughs) and yeah yeah, be open about our different ways of doing it um, and not feeling bad about it I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I really love that. This conversation is so beautiful. I'm so <laughs> thankful that we connected. Um, is there anything that you're like working on right now or anything that you want to share with listeners that I didn't kind of give you a chance to or space to? Oh, I'm always working on things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was probably a silly question for someone who runs a blog and does marketing. Like, oh, are you working on anything? Um, right now I'm working on uh, the rebrand of my marketing business. Um, just making that feel more like home and a bit more like me. Um, I'm also working, uh, working, you know, um, quotation marks, I think we'll see, um, on my, on creating my YouTube. Um, I launched that in April, but between everything, no surprise, I have only published two videos. So yeah, those will be my focuses, I think over the next few months. So 
if anyone's interested about those two things, we'll see how they go. <laughs> I love that. I also recently started a YouTube, but really just for podcast episodes, because a lot of people listen to podcasts on YouTube now um, yeah. as well. So I was like, well, I guess I crap, I guess I got to get the past hundred episodes onto YouTube. So that's been like a slow process of adding just audio. Cause I didn't ask people in the beginning or, or talk to people like, are you okay with video? So, um, that's like a newer, a newer thing. Well, uh, I give you permission for this, but I'm sorry if, um, <laughs> I'm so dark. It's no, I think it looks, it looks totally <laughs> fine. Trust me, I've seen much worse. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> it's totally fine. Just like lighting and everything is, you know, people are trying to like be away from their family and they're in like a closet <laughs> or something, like to be quiet. It's totally fine. Yeah. Um my well, wasn't like made away. <laughs> yeah, it was just actually that was the other thing I was thinking. Or animals and mm. children interruptions. Those yeah. are good. Yeah. I am very thankful to have connected with you and feel like there is more things to come. Um, really, really excited to chat with you. And if you don't mind hanging on for a few minutes, I have some Patreon exclusive rapid fire questions to ask you. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, they're just like fun. Won't take long, but um, are you, are you uh, up for it? Sure. Okay. No, I know. I I should frame this differently. I feel like I freak people out. I'm like, rapid fire questions. I'm probably not going to answer rapidly. I'm not a very rapid person, but we'll see how we go. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a review and you could be read on air as a review of the week. If you haven't yet, head over to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly for tons of content over there. You can get bonus questions with interviewees like Molly. There are yoga videos and so much more. If you want to work to become healthier and happier and work with me as a transformation coach, head over to consciouslycarly.com, hit work with me, and let's start chatting. Until next time.